This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This is the Blaze Radio Network. The Jaily News is on the air. Excelsior. that you hear that you don't hear that well wind your clock i'm here to clean it i'm jay severin we're partners it's the blaze radio network what you ought to be hearing is (coughs) iowa caucus 25 days big time right to breaking news before we get to the political particulars which yesterday I promised we would do, starting right away today. Uh, Obama, forgive me, I started the broadcast with it. Uh, since when do I do that? Maybe it's vacation or something. Obama commanded the nation's attention to the degree any outgoing president does by holding a press conference today and calling for the destruction of the Constitution of the United States. Are are you listening? Do I exaggerate? I'd say I employ hyperbole just then, but exaggerate? No. Obama is every day of his presidency trying to destroy the Constitution of the United States. Today's version was to step up to the podium surrounded by the families of gun violence. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's I, my heart breaks for them, as I know yours does. It's just a pity that if you're going to be surrounded by the victims or the families of the victims of gun violence, then it's too bad, you know, they don't have the guns there. They should have the perpetrators there in chains, don't you think? There should be guns there uh, in in handcuffs and, and manacled because obviously the guns committed the crimes. 
So Obama spoke for about 40 minutes today. And virtually every other word out of his mouth was, I'm doing this for your own good. I'm doing this because it's right. I'm doing this to save lives. And of course, he mentioned with agonizing detail the lives lost owing to criminal behavior involving guns during the last couple of years. And he cajoled and he wheedled and he yelled and he wept on a couple of occasions. In other words, he did all the things you might have expected to see him do on previous occasions when he was moved to such emotion by the actual loss of the victims, by the school children, by the theater goers, by the high school students, by the San Bernardino workers. On none of those occasions was this robotic president moved to tears. But today, the thought of the fascistic, imbecilic people who believe in the Second Amendment, that's you. You moved Obama to tears today. Your ignorance, your uncouthness, your hick belief in the racist, awful Constitution of the United States drove Obama to tears. Finally, something drove him to tears. You. Your naive and and moronic belief in the greatest document ever composed by man for man in the history of humanity, the Constitution of the United States. Your adherence to the Constitution moved Obama to tears. And again today, did he say with every other word, this is for your own good, it's not going against the Constitution, it's fine, it won't hurt the Second Amendment. People really want this, people really want this, people really want this, people really, click. What was I saying? Oh, people really want this. All the polls show it. You know what, Mr. President? If that's true, my side's in big trouble. Our side, uh, my side believes in the Constitution, uh, Second Amendment in this case. We're in real trouble unless you are, well, ignorant and or lying, that is, we're in big trouble. Because if so many Americans support what you called for today, well, then America has profoundly changed its mind on the Constitution of the United States. And those of us who believe in it are in real trouble. Only that Barack Hussein Obama is not true. And you're not ignorant of that fact. You're just a liar. You know that most Americans don't support what you're calling for. You know most Americans believe in the Second Amendment and the rest, which you find so inconvenient and dull and naive and shop-worn and old-fashioned and racist and uh, unprogressive. Most of us believe in our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence and our Bill of Rights. 
Because if you weren't lying and most people supported your position, you would take this to the streets, so to speak, but not in a cheap way. You would go to legislators and say, you're going to introduce legislation to do these things. Because that's how Americans, now this is the part that gets confusing for Obama for obvious reasons. For Americans, what we do if we want to change the Constitution is change the Constitution. We have a constitutional amendment. We've done it 30-odd sometimes. It can be done. It has been done. But it's only done when so many people agree with a change that it gets done because it enjoys public support. Obama, you liar, it does not enjoy what you say, what you believe, and what you say we believe isn't so. It isn't supportable by fact because it's a lie. The majority of American people don't want their guns confiscated. They don't want their ammunition confiscated. They don't want it to be impossible to buy a bullet or to buy a gun. They don't believe that if an uncle gives his favorite nephew his favorite shotgun on the nephew's 16th birthday, that he's committed a felony and should go to jail for 40 years because he's an unregistered arms dealer that the transfer of his shotgun to his nephew or from a father to a daughter which uh, I happen to know a little about but not not in not in not in the downward generation yet think upward a generation anyway that makes them an unregistered uh, gun dealer they go to prison for the rest of their lives see Americans don't believe in that which is rather convenient because It's not American law, and we don't want it to be law. We don't want the Constitution changed until we decide we do. And then, if we ever do, we will again change it. But, Obama, we we don't want. You're standing there in an alleyway in the dark with... uh, uh, you know, uh, 20%, 30%, maybe, 25%, maybe, of people who will believe you tonight because you decided to play Carnival Barker instead of President of the United States. You didn't stand up and make a case like a lawyer or a public servant or a thinking person and say, X is wrong, X ought to be changed, let's change X. What do you say? No, you stood up and cried and snotted and wheezed and behaved like a butthead and uh, lied with almost every word out of your mouth and said, these are the changes that America's yearning to make. America wants everybody's guns taken away. They want guns made impossible. Do you know that Obama has directed doctors across the United States uh, when you have your next physical to, according to at least one major national report, to to ask you, do you own a gun? Uh, what kind? Where is it in the house? How much ammunition do you have? Who has access to it? Your doctor. Your doctor. 
and to report these things. Americans don't want the Second Amendment repealed, at least not yet, Obama. And remember one other thing. Speaking of that quaint, imbecilic document that you revile so, our Constitution, you don't get to make laws. You get to enforce them. When we, the people, are ready to make or remake the Second Amendment, if ever, then we will do it through our representatives in Congress, according to the Constitution of the United States. It does not say Obama shall make law. It says the Congress shall make law. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. It's the Jaily News on the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 B, you're there, yes? Good. I just heard a sudden cut, and I was uh, concerned. From Jacksonville is Ron. Welcome. From hey, Jacksonville. Jay, how are you? Um, <laughs> welcome. I, yes. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, something I wanted to talk to you about yesterday, I didn't get a chance, so I'll be quick about it. And I was going to ask you, what did President Gore do after Bill Clinton was impeached? I wanted to clarify what the process of impeachment <laughs> was. Uh, uh, well, I, do I, I take it from your question, you're either indirectly lampooning the ignorami who do not understand what impeachment is, or... You are lampooning me in as no, much as no. you do not understand what impeachment is. No. So are you Definitely. a friendly witness or a hostile I'm witness? I'm a friendly witness, absolutely. Okay. I, well, I so you, say- I, I guess then what you mean to say by way of, um, by way of la- a lampooning question is when you say to people that Clinton was impeached, they say, no, he wasn't because he was still president. Uh, otherwise, Gore would have been president. Is, is that your drift? I don't think they'd say that because I don't think they understand what impeachment is, that it's a two-step okay. process. Okay, well then, help me out. It could be okay. just a little 
Maybe I'm okay. not back enough from vacation to be on okay. all cylinders yet. This is a 12-cylinder Jaguar engine. When it's hot, it runs like a dream, but it can be a little cantankerous. So uh, lube me up a little bit, forgive the expression. Yes. Okay. Um, The first thing you said was that Clinton was the only president impeached, which is not true. No, no, that that is not what I said. Would you like to know what I, in fact, said? What did you, in fact, say? I, in fact, said... As I have always said since it occurred, that Bill Clinton was and remains the first elected president of the United States ever to be impeached. I have never said it without using the word elected. Okay. I'm sorry. I missed the elected part. My yeah, bad. You did. Okay. Okay. Well, you're, you're not right. bad, but but you need to listen more for comprehension. Because yes. you you fall into a trap there okay. that's unworthy of you. Well, then let me get to the impeachment process, which a lot of people think removes a president. They don't understand that it's a two-step process. See, that's correct. And if if you'll grant me just a few just a minute to explain to your audience, I will grant you the time we have divided by the time you earn equals the time you shall have. All right. Uh, Very much like our justice system, we have a grand jury if a capital offense is committed. We have got a prosecuting attorney or district attorney. We have a grand jury, and they decide if there's enough evidence to bring charges. If there is, they bring charge To indict. To indict, yes. Yes. If so, the person's indicted, and then they face trial. Right. Of a judge so the equivalent and, part of what you've described so far, the decision, the hearing of evidence, the consideration that of that evidence. House. That's right. Is the decision and the process of the House of Representatives. If they right. decide on the basis of evidence that there is enough to make the affirmative case that high crimes and misdemeanors uh, as charged can be proven, then they indict and indictment equals. Impeachment. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, And and people think that uh, Clinton was impeached because he used Monica as a humidor. That's not true. But anyway. um, Well, it is a material fact in the case, but it is not why. Why is because there was enough evidence to support the contention in the House that he had committed high crimes and misdemeanors. If you had to cite a specific infraction, it would be perjury before a United States States federal judge. That perjury involved Monica Lewinsky, but it would be... It would be imprecise to say Monica Lewinsky and, is why. Anyway, from there, um, the trial process goes to the Senate, right? Correct. Okay. And, and who is the trial judge? The um, vice president. No, the chief justice of the United States oh, Supreme chief, Court. That's right. That's right. That's right. Chief justice presides at the judge. Okay. So he was not convicted uh, because he was a popular president. We lost. And therefore he was not impeached. No, he was not. He was not removed. He was impeached. He was impeached. He He is forever impeached. He was not not recalled. Recalled is the term. 
Well, and I've got to say, for someone calling to question my veracity, recollection, or expertise on the matter of the impeachment process, I you don't seem you know tremendously well in command of of the the facts that you you're really calling to impeach me on, as it were. No, 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 no. no so no, you I have been want, familiar I... previous to this conversation with the term recall. Yes. Yes. Okay. Like recall elections. Uh well, yeah. In in spirit, yeah. Yeah. Let me let me ask you something before I go and hang my head in shame. Uh, no, no, you... no. Tut tut. No need. Okay. Would you be in favor of changing that process like perhaps giving the states power to remove federal officials? I don't think so, but I know I would require a lot of a lot of consideration to do so. The process would be as it's designed to be, tremendously lengthy and very detailed and take a long time, which is why we have a conservative form of government. It ain't easy or quick to remove a public official or to change the constitution. I think it's good that it's not easy or quick. Uh, in my lifetime, I've become uh, a little less fond of the fact that it takes so long because we have so many scoundrels, uh, more so than we did when, uh, you know, before my generation. But would I vote after lengthy consideration to change federal law? Probably not. Conservative. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. Do you happen to recall the first thing, as I recall it anyway, the very first major thing that got Trump in major trouble? I mean, when people were doing end-of-the-year reviews, and even extemporaneously when it occurred, what was the first thing that Trump did, said, that got him in trouble. The first thing that has, depending on who you speak to, has either plagued his campaign or launched his campaign. Do you remember? Well, by my recollection, it was when he said that the illegal immigrants are raping people. Remember that? And do you remember the nature and magnitude of the incoming fire that Trump took for, uh, for saying that? I just, I just mention it as a backdrop before we get right into uh, hard politics of the moment. Because last night, no, sorry. Uh, New Year's Eve, the night that Munich, Germany, was so outwardly, openly, frankly, 
uh, afraid of terrorism. Do you remember? I've never seen a, a jurisdiction before ever be so open about saying we expect a terror uh, attack tonight. We expect terrorism tonight here in Munich, Germany. Well, if you paid attention to the mainstream media, and in this case, let's use the people, the only people that we might listen to who would actually be covering what happens in Germany. That would be the BBC. They call themselves the radio station of the world. The B- then they used to be. Uh, the BBC might have reported to us that something happened in Munich, but you know what? I, I listened that night. I listened the next day. I've listened many hours every day since, and I and nothing happened. There was no terror on New Year's Eve in Munich, Germany. Unless, of course, you were one of reportedly near or more than 100 girls and women who were beaten and forcibly raped, dot, 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 by, wait for it, by, And I quote the description of the BBC when it first reported this last night, five days late, when near or more a hundred women were beaten and savagely raped by young men of dark complexion who were believed to be of the migrants and refugees who had recently entered the country at the Munich train station. Oh, by the way, the poor, poor migrants fleeing oppression, such as they are, who beat and raped girls and women, evidently over a period of hours, did so in a famous Munich church, in a cathedral. The story would be troubling enough and insinuating enough if it ended there. But there is a weighty postscript, a very brief but a very weighty postscript. I listened to the BBC during a certain time of day, typically. Now, I could be wrong on this, but I would be willing for charity to bet a sizable amount of money, if only I had any money. If you you want to give me the money, I'll put it up in a bet uh, for the sake of charity. I heard the description of the rapists once. It was in the first report of the fact that there had been serial raping going on in this church of German women by the dark-complexioned young men refugees who had come in from Syria and Afghanistan and Africa 
and arrived at the Munich train station, and many of them were apparently living in this cathedral, crashing there, living there. And when on New Year's Eve, girls and women came in to pray, they were beaten and raped by the refugees. I heard what I believe to be the first report. This would be last night, American time, at about 3 a.m., our time, Eastern time. They have a news break on the BBC every single half hour, 24 hours a day. I I may have missed, it's possible I missed a previous report, maybe an hour earlier, maybe two hours earlier. But I think I heard the first one. I'm pretty sure I heard the first one. But I'll tell you what, it's the only one that included a description of the rapists. Because after the first report I heard that described the rapists, every subsequent report on subsequent half hours, the BBC deleted the identity of the rapists. And they said, and the story itself was spiked little by little. The next half hour it was a police report, uh, a dozen or more allegations of possible rape and assault, sexual assault in a famous Munich cathedral on New Year's Eve. Police are checking for details. And then it just, by this morning, about 5, 6 a.m. Eastern Time, it just faded away. There was no more story about refugee rape. So, as it happens, there was terror in Munich, Germany on New Year's Eve. It's just that, you know, it was only savage assault and rape of women by refugees and the BBC I just can't they must be kicking themselves can you imagine when BBC executives ran into the newsroom waving the copy and saying dark complexioned men refugees from Afghanistan Africa and Syria who wrote this who wrote this who allowed this to go out on our air spike this spike this So, Jehornalism, I don't know what else is international, wine, cheese, business, STDs, but I'll tell you what for sure is international, and that is Jehornalism. Jehornalism is for sure international. That's that story. Now, before we jump, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to jump right into politics of this moment Before I do, I owe you something I ought to have opened the show with. And uh, it is merely a mention. God help us. It's merely a mention. Remember the Afghan war? Remember that old war? The old war in Afghanistan, which is over now? By the way, who won? Someone get me that, would you? Who won? Uh, Remember the old war? The old war in Afghanistan. By the way, it's it's over, I, I'm told. 
right? Well, I'm not sure, but I could tell you for sure what is over. The life of an American Special Forces soldier who was killed last night in Afghanistan. I thought it was worth at least a mention, don't you? Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And partners on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. Just received from Gail, uh, uh, Tweep Emeritus, uh, an important message. Gail, and forgive me, I love you, you've been a uh, loyal, we don't always agree, but, but, a, but a, a loyal, thoughtful uh, communicator, correspondent for years here. But I would ask you to take a look at your message to me. You say you've just taken a look at the things that Obama has recommended with regard to changing the Second Amendment. And having looked at them, you say, you know, I. I don't see anything in here that I mean I'm 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 paraphrasing you you know you're saying well here's your tweet I don't see anything that most people would not agree with educate me okay gail okay I will gail you don't know what most people think neither do I gail how is it that you know what most people think. Do you own and operate a major polling concern? Or are, are, do, you have a, do you hold a doctorate in survey research? Me neither. That's why I don't know what most people think. I have to ask. Gail, it's why you don't know what most people think. Your message to me reveals what you have the impression that most people think. But I will tell you this, I used to design and interpret polls for a living for 25 years. Let's put that aside. Because I wouldn't have been in business if I had forgotten that I don't know the results of the poll until we take it. And... Gail, what you're asking us to do here is what the lawyers call assuming facts not yet in evidence. When you say to me, Jay, I see this stuff that Obama's saying. Most people would agree with this. Gail, you're asking us to assume facts not yet in evidence. Who says most people agree with it? Now, I would tell you, again, as someone who made his living with polling for 25 years plus, that without a single exception, 
every poll taken in the last one year, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years about changing the Second Amendment or any other amendment by extra constitutional means, that is to say, illegally. Any poll taken with specificity to weakening the Second Amendment or in general terms about changing the Constitution, altering the Constitution by other than constitutional means, but based on a poll. I mean, let me say this, Gail. Suppose I said to you, you know what, you're right. We're going to give you the right right now to divine what most people think, Gail. And we're going to say, Gail tells us that most people agree with what Obama wants to do. Every poll I know of, and I know of them all in the last 20 years, by the way, says that people do not agree. They do not agree with anything. A majority, Obama has majority support on nothing, he said today. Nothing, not one thing. And we'll see a poll on this soon. But you know what? Let's say that all of a sudden, Shazam, Obama does enjoy majority support on changing the Second Amendment, Gail. Well, that's fine. I mean, again, I'm not happy about it, but you know what? If my fellow citizens, if a majority, majority of my fellow citizens, actually, if two-thirds of my fellow citizens and four-fifths of their legislative bodies around the country, if they want to change the Constitution to support what you say most Americans agree with, fine, do it. And, Gail, I'm not being a wise guy. You know I love you. You've got a 100 tweets from me, if not more. What I'm saying to you, though, is here... Your opinion is very important to me and to the rest of us. But the Constitution is the only thing more important. If you want to change the Constitution, if you believe most people want to change the Constitution, have at it. Do it. But do it the way legal American citizens would do it. Change it legally. And then I'm all with you. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network is on the air. That means the Jaily News begins again now and the first appearance in 2016 of the Blaze Blitz. Excelsior. Ah, the very heart and even smell of politics of the moment. I am Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest in radio. We are the Blaze Radio Network. Fuck! 
That's FAQ. Fact. FAQ. Frequently asked questions. Here's one. What is the Blaze Blitz? Ah. Well, you should ask, Mighty. The Blaze Blitz is a feature debuting today for the first time at least this year and maybe for the first time since we've been together on the Blaze Radio Network. And the Blaze Blitz is daily, yes, yes, I said daily coverage of the campaign advertising produced by usually all of the candidates, certainly most of them. You know, I'm not sure that I'm, I can promise you every day uh, a, uh, you know, a George Pataki. Oh, wait, he was one of the dropouts. A Lindsey Graham. Oh, wait, he was one of the dropouts. Oh, okay, a, a Carly Fiorina. Wait. Anyway, I can't promise you a Carly Fiorina ad every day, but the point of this is what we do here together every day is talk about who the candidates really are at least what we what we endeavor to divine is who and what they really are and what they really stand for this mind you is a completely different form of life than what they want you to think they are what they say they believe and the first form is our province. The second arena is their province. It's called political advertising. And I have, uh, I believe I'm still the only person on the air, on radio, that made his living for 25 years, conceiving, producing, writing, directing, and placing And maybe someone will ask me about placing because media placement is the largely unknown, virtually unknown, but tremendously knowable and important to know facet of this calculus. If I hand you my ads, what do you do with them? Where do you place them? On what shows, in what medium, at what time, for what purpose, directed at whom, exactly, why, how often, how long, in what weight. If we have five spots, does do we give equal weight to spots one through five? Or do we one, run spot number one 40% and then split the 60% remaining among the remaining four spots? Or do we place one spot only in inner city uh, for inner city audiences, another one only for targeted at women? Media placement. We will by and by talk about it, and not only once. But that is along with the writing, producing, directing uh, of the ads. The placement of the ads is what I was paid to do. Because if you want to come home with more ducks than anyone else, you'd better know better than anyone else where the ducks are and how to reach them. So we're dealing with two 
we're we're entering a time of space, a continuum of reality and fantasy. It's called the Campaign Twilight Zone. But for our purposes, it's called the Blaze Blitz. And what we do is handle that arena. I mean, we handle both. We're going to be handling every day what we think the candidates want us to think and what we think of the candidates. But via the Blaze Blitz, we're going to present first before you see it on television or hear it on the radio, ideally, you will hear, hear, and and consider that realm of what it is the candidates are saying to you. What is it they want us to believe about them? Well, as it happens, and here we go, the first spot I have for you is the first paid advertising, first paid advertising produced by the Trump campaign. Uh, Somehow, unsurprisingly, it has generated a fair degree of controversy. It's not going to last controversy like the other things that Trump has has done. It, 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 well, I mean, we'll see. Okay. Uh, My prediction, Guru Jay say it's a tempest in a teapot, but depending on your point of view, it's a rather serious tempest. Uh, But I don't think it's going to matter in the end. But the first Trump paid advertising has generated controversy. And this is one of the only circumstances in which radio is not, in my view, superior to television. Because obviously what we're listening to, we will hear both radio and TV spots during Blaze Blitzes uh, virtually every day. Uh, But this for... uh, because this is all we have, there is no accompanying radio spot that we know of. So we must go with the audio of the television spot. And the number one paid Trump ad on television sounds like this. Prove this message. The politicians can pretend it's something else, but Donald Trump calls it radical Islamic terrorism. That's why he's calling for a temporary shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until we can figure out what's going on. He'll quickly cut the head off ISIS and take their oil. And he'll stop illegal immigration by building a wall on our southern border that Mexico will pay for. We will make America great again. B, can we roll that one more time? It's unfair to try and ask everyone to collect that at once. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. The politicians can pretend it's something else, but Donald Trump calls it radical Islamic terrorism. That's why he's calling for a temporary shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until we can figure out what's going on. He'll quickly cut the head off ISIS and take their oil. And he'll stop illegal immigration by building a wall on our southern border that Mexico will pay for. We will make America great again. Okay, of the claims made by the candidate in that spot, one of them has generated controversy, but it's not one that you could hear. It's something, video, that accompanied what you just heard. Do you know which of those four points has generated the controversy? Next. Meaning we'll take a break. 
Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners. Partners, you are listening to the single registered professional producer, director, place or uh, strategist of television, radio, film, print and all other advertising supplements, which make up one entire dimension of a two dimensional American political campaign. One dimension is what we think, what we say, what what our impressions of are these uh, of these candidates. But the other entire dimension of this is their campaign. And their entire campaign is captured in their advertising. This is what they want us to believe they believe. This is who they want us to believe they are. And you know what? They may be these people. They may believe these things. They may not. But our happy job is to consider true or false and to do so with a tour guide that's been through a uh, hundred major campaigns as the guy who put this stuff on television or radio or newspaper ads or direct mail. Uh, or press releases or whatever. So back to Blaze Blitz. That's what we do in Blaze Blitz. I've played that Trump ad for you, and among the claims, he's going to uh, stop, uh, start, do, cut the head off ISIS. He's going to do all these things. Fine. The last claim in the Trump spot is he's going to build a fence. He's going to stop illegal immigration by building a fence, and he's going to make Mexico pay for it. Now, notice, by the way, among these claims, he doubles down on Donald Trump is going to stop Muslims from entering the United States until we can get the problem straightened out. So what many believe is his most controversial position statement so far in the campaign, the Muslim thing, actually is not the claim in this spot that is making waves. What's making waves is the fourth and final element of the commercial, which I apologize, I can't show you. Because when the copy is saying, when the voiceover artist is saying, and Donald Trump will build a fence, stop illegal immigration, build a fence, and make Mexico pay for it. During those words, what you see on the screen is an overhead shot, looks like it was taken from a helicopter at night and it shows what is very evidently a border crossing area and people are scurrying from one side across a dirt road to the other like bugs it is that shot it is that piece of video that has created the controversy why Because that shot is not of the Mexican border. It's of illegal border crossings 
in a different country. So there are two schools of thought. School number one. It is a phony commercial because what you're showing me and what you want me to believe is a depiction of illegal immigrants crossing south to north into the United States is not that at all. It's illegal immigrants somewhere crossing from somewhere into somewhere else, but it isn't what you want me to believe and what you are essentially telling me it is, which is look at this film of the people crossing from Mexico illegally into the United States. School of thought number two. Why does it really matter? As long as it's a depiction of illegal immigrants crossing the border, it makes the point. This is what illegal aliens crossing the border illegally look like. They're not actors. This wasn't staged. It is actual footage of illegal aliens becoming illegal aliens, doing the illegal alien thing. So though it would be ideal if it were the Mexican border, the fact that it isn't the Mexican border, but it is a depiction of illegal aliens doing illegal alienship in the act is what matters. Those are the two schools of thought. Which school do you attend? one 3393 one 3 Well, I wait to see whether anyone cares to comment on that now or later. Let me give you my opinion. This is not so much a value judgment as it is a professional judgment. I worked for David Garth. There I cut my teeth. Before I started my own company, I worked for uh, several years for David Garth, who is the grandfather of contemporary political and media consultants. If I had done that, if I had made a spot, and it contained a single Never mind something presented as a fact, but if it contained a single insinuation that was not 100% supportable by demonstrable fact, I would have been fired and ruined on the spot. David required of us that a three-ring binder be produced. This was in the production process. When you submitted an idea for a spot, you had to say, okay, I think we ought to do a spot on education or taxes or immigration or, you know, law enforcement, whatever it is. And, and okay, and here's, here's, what I, here's what I think it ought to be. And you'd write the copy. And then you had to submit along with the copy a three-ring binder, which had several primary resource verification for every single claim I don't care if it was the word the, you had, or it. You had to have primary source multiple verification for every single claim, even insinuation, 
that you made in the spot so that no one could ever harm our client by playing our spot up in front of a bunch of reporters and saying, liar, 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 look, look how he's lying to you. Look how he's trying to deceive you. If I made that spot, I would have been fired. If someone who made that spot for me when I ran my own company for 20 years, they would have been fired. You know why? I have to protect my client and I have to protect myself. Otherwise, Jay don't got no more clients. So this is a matter of judgment. It's a matter of ethics. It's a matter of, I mean, these days, I probably sound hopelessly old-fashioned to articulate this standard. But by the standard I ever worked, and and I've produced a lot of lacerating negative spots. I mean, I've got one of the things I'm proudest of is I've got an eighth of a page news story from the New York Times with a screen grab of my spot I made against Mario Cuomo, which says the New York Times said, maybe, I don't remember the exact words, but it was something like, maybe the most uh, effective attack on Cuomo ever put on television or something like that. Now, before I put that on television, yeah, that's what I wanted. I mean, that's the payoff. That's winning the, the derby. I mean, you know, having your spot grabbed and written about in the newspaper as being laceratingly effective. Woo-hoo! But you know what? If one syllable, if one period in that spot was wrong, intentional or otherwise, then there would be a story twice as big in twice as many newspapers the next day and I would be selling apples on a street corner. Now, does that standard apply today? I don't know. I'm not working today making commercials. But many journalists and a few journalists, there are still a few, have pointed out that Trump, even in illustrating the problem, even though that's a real depiction of illegal aliens doing illegal alien stuff, it isn't the Mexican border, and therefore it's foul. What do you think? You, the voter. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. It's the Jaily News on the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 in the middle of today's version of Blaze Blitz. That's where we play for you and analyze the newest half of the campaign, i.e. the candidates' TV and radio spots, which is at least half of the campaign. It's the half in which they endeavor to choreograph what you think about them and they spend the winner will spend one billion dollars probably doing it is it important yeah 
One thing I will say quickly, the amount of money spent on what I used to do, writing, producing, directing, uh, placing television commercials, is disproportionate to the amount of actual importance that television now has. 20 years ago, if you weren't on with the right advertising at the right time in the right show reaching the right group, you did not exist and you could not win a campaign. 20 years later, do you, do you, can you imagine along with me how the network and even cable television audience has been diminished? The percentage of people who got their daily information and entertainment from network television 20 years ago included not their phone, their tab, their computer, their anything. TV was it. It was the only neighborhood to be in. Now the prices remain like it's the only game in town, but it for sure ain't. Meanwhile, in the break, Stacy, uh, a, uh, a commander uh, in our force here, uh, uh, Tweep Emeritus, grabbed a great notice in that Trump ad in an, an element of it where we weren't discussing. And it eluded me. And I don't mean to sound immodest, but I'm willing to I'm willing to be when I say it eluded even me. And Stacy, uh good for you, and here it is. Stacy said, I don't like in terms of the in that spot we, we heard, she didn't like the cut the head off ISIS. Trump will cut the head off ISIS. That went right by me. Now, of course, only consciously. So that's another whole deal. You know, did I actually register it unconsciously? Well, we're not going to get into that right now. But but consciously, I didn't get it. I didn't get the play on words. He's going to cut the head off ISIS. Stacy noticed it. She grabbed it. She noticed it. She doesn't like it. My question to Stacy, hold on, maybe I have an answer by now. I asked her whether she thinks the copy was inadvertent or intentional. Um, Stacy says, IDK, which must mean I don't know, a funny choice in words, certain they went over lots, meaning I think over the heads of lots of us. Unlike Obama interview before San Bernardino, when he said decapitate ISIS. That's interesting, Stacy, because I tell you personally, if if someone had said decapitate ISIS, that that word would have I would have gotten that word. I, I that word would register with me, but somehow cut the head off ISIS didn't as much. But that's just me. That's just I'm just one viewer, just one person. That's the beauty or ugly ugliness of this, one way or the other. Um, Steve is calling from. Steve, where are you calling from? And I remind you, you are under Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, the People's yeah. Republic of Madison. That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, it will not matter one little bit. I know exactly what's going on on the border. I I could see any film, and it wouldn't matter. What he portrayed is exactly what's right, and there are just so many people that want to get him, and they they won't move me one bit. And I'm a Jay. I mean, I'm a, um, I'm a 
Cruz fan. I mean, I'd pick Cruz of anybody. All right, all right. Let me ask you this, there, just to I, push the points, I love, I so I understand Trump. your position. I absolutely love him. Huh? Let me push your push the point to understand your position. Appreciate okay. your, your position fully. Instead of if that had been real film of real illegals doing the illegal thing, which it is, if that had been actors being you know being paid to portray what illegals do. But it turned out that it was they paid a bunch of uh, equity folks. They bust them down to the Mexican border, and they did it. Would would your reaction be the same? No, it wouldn't. It, that's not what, what it what, is, though. What then? What then would your reaction be? I wouldn't like that with anybody. I wouldn't like actors being why why. Part of what anything. would you say if Donald Trump were in the room and you'd say, Donald, if you you did it with a border. Not Mexico. Well, honestly, and it was honestly, real. But Donald but but then but, Donald or Ted Cruz or any of those. I okay, really with anybody. Wouldn't matter to me. I'm trying to get to it the distinction of where. Go ahead. I'm so set. They, there's nobody. The establishment Republicans, the Democrats. There's nobody to. I I am right, very. I, I, you're not answering my question, one. but I take it the answer to my question is it wouldn't matter to you. If it were paid actors in a studio, like Ultimately, if it were they faked the moon landing, you are you are already pre-sold on the notion of illegal alienship, and therefore any depiction of it, real or unreal, wouldn't blur the fact that 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 depiction is what's happening. Yeah, Jay, you know, you know, the I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I, I'm just in the trying to get you to answer the question. Steve, thanks for calling. Folks, well, I only have, you know, I've got, got only two hours a day with you. And I take, and the elegance of it is I know it doesn't seem like I'm working here, right? You think all these questions just tumble out of my mouth in a form such that they are elegantly constructed such that a yes or no answer is appropriate. But you see, they are elegantly constructed such that they are placed to you in a manner such that a yes or no answer gets us the opportunity to move on to another question so that more of what you think gets out here on the show. If you will cooperate with me, a good caller answers questions. A good caller gives opinions. But when a question is placed to a good caller, a good caller will answer that question. And if it's a question from me, the question's going to be answerable with a yes or a no. And then if you say, you know, I'll answer yes or no, but I but I would like to reserve the right to elaborate. Fine. Great. But please, oh, by the way, a good host answers questions. And I I have answered, will answer. Uh, will answer, have answered virtually every question, including personal, placed to me on the radio in 20 years. So, uh, so a good host answers questions. So let's be good callers and good hosts and still have fun like we were naked. I, I'm just asking you to, to be naked, but to answer the question. Uh, and I will too. And 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 do me the favor that that we do each other, and that is... By naked here, I don't mean clothing. I mean a naked question. Construct a question that has a yes or no reply. 
because that means it's done quickly and you have time for 10 more questions. It's a courtroom. It's the court of public opinion. It's the Jaily News. And this is Christopher from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Guru Jay, it's nice to speak to you again. Holy cow! How are you? <laughs> it's a bit brisk in New England, thank you. Um, Jay, yes, why do you... Wait, let me, uh, let me see if I can verify that statement. Let me put my wrist out the window here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well said, Jay. Um, it's nice to speak to you again as well. Um, Jay, you don't sneak into someone's house unless you don't know them. You just sneak into the country, you don't know them. You know, why are they sneaking in at night? They don't want anybody to know who they are. Why don't, why oh, don't they and by the way, people know who they are? And by the way, sneaking yes. into someone's house, which we call burglary uh, in right. the United States, whether you do it during the day, many people don't know this. If you commit exactly the same act, like we take two films side by side, and, and the guy busts in and he takes nothing or he takes a big screen TV, Okay. It's exactly the same, exactly the same in every respect, down to the molecule. Christopher, with one difference, one happens in darkness, one happens during daylight hours. The sentence, the jail time that that person will receive who did it in daylight hours, if he goes to jail, will be a third, a quarter of the person who does it at night because nighttime burglary is regarded infinitely more seriously as daytime burglary. If you didn't know that, I'm going to put you on the spot because I know you're smat. Tell me why. Why does the law, why does the law take a, no pun intended, dimmer view, uh, a wickedly hash hash of you of a nighttime intrusion than a daytime one because the <clears throat> uh, let me help because the other because person it's, doesn't it's, know it's, it's, it's startled it's it's because i can't get the vernacular grammar right it's no no, no don't worry about that just just your feelings i i i believe that um you're um, you're being stalked, or you're you're in a you, you're in a Nicole Brown Simpson position. No, you're onto it. You're onto it. You're in what state during a nighttime burglary? What state? You, the in victim, are in what? Generally, what's? No, no, no. I'm sorry, not state of jurisdiction. What physical state are you likely to be in during a nighttime I'm, burglary? I'm emotionally distraught because because of the intruder. Because they startled me. Because, uh, because it's nighttime, because you're because asleep, because your kids are home, because your wife right. or your girlfriend is asleep in bed at night in the dark. And therefore, right. the degree of startling and the reaction that you're likely to have, you might drop dead of a heart attack. You might get a gun and shoot them, miss and shoot your wife instead. All right. of these things happen at night, whereas 
a guy that breaks in does exactly the same thing at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. He breaks into a house which is presumably not occupied, not for sure, but presumably unoccupied. And in any case, it's not at night. You're not probably asleep. Your reaction, you probably won't have a heart attack. You'll probably be able to call for help. All these things. It's just like a simple fact of life, which is the beauty of our law. It just it reflects such common sense. This is Jay Febrin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Barack Obama sticks by his principles. It's time for Republicans to stand by ours. That's how we win. And that's how I'll lead. As president, I won't compromise the values that make us who we are. The Constitution wasn't a first draft. Our border isn't a revolving door. And the rule of law wasn't meant to be broken. America is off track. But our founding principles will get us back. I'm Ted Cruz, and I approve this message. Every spot you make, every spot, every breath you take, uh, I'll be advising you because you're wiring me cash. Uh, Every spot in concept is argued to my clients, was argued to my clients for a particular reason. I have a reel of someday it's my dream to meet with you, to be somewhere with you, through some medium or meeting personal in the next weekend, the blaze does where we can have a meeting and I can show you a select reel of the commercials that I've written, produced and directed. And I mean, I know, you know, it, you know, it ain't, it, it ain't the circus, but it's the civic circus Maximus. And to people like us, we'd find it interesting. Every spot you propose to a client has a reason. Every breath, every dot, every jot, every tittle, every shot, every take, every move you make, whether or not the candidate speaks, whether or not someone else speaks and the candidate appears, whether the candidate speaks and someone else appears, whether it's both, whether it's neither, whether it's black and white, whether it's color, whether it's a series of still shots, whether it's film, whether it's video, whether it's people talking about the candidate, whether it's the candidate talking, whether it's people endorsing the candidate, whether it's people attacking the candidate, whether it's the candidate attacking another candidate. This is just off the top of my head. Every one of these is a recommendation and crucial decision based upon someone like Doug Schoen walking in the room and saying, here's the latest survey work. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to convey. And then it's my job to say, okay, we best convey that, do we not, Doug, with this message. And it's best delivered by people, by dogs, by his family, by her family, by his wife, by his fourth wife, by his kids, by him. That was Ted Cruz. What did you think of that spot? I think Ted Cruz was on there speaking for Ted Cruz for a reason. Probably a good one. 
Thus ends today's Blaze Blitz. Until tomorrow. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.